0: hey there welcome to twins talk clear-cut communication yes we
1: are twins and yes we are two old guys who should know better than to try to tackle the topic of communication in a podcast but we're going to do it anyway and hopefully you'll find it informative and maybe even enjoyable We're coming to you
0: today from Need to Disagree, Tennessee. And one of the things we wanted to comment on, we've gotten several questions and feedback from you all, but we've also had several of you ask, how can I write in? You say to give you uh, feedback and you're inviting questions, but I have no idea of how to get a hold of you. And although we put it in writing in one of the descriptions, we want to make sure for those who do want to stay in touch with us, that if you email us at twintalk46 at gmail.com, We'd be glad to respond. So again, it's Talk 46 at gmail.com. What we want to do in this episode, uh, Ray, is to tackle one of those very tricky dynamics in interpersonal communication, or at least I think it's tricky. I, I suspect others do as well. And that's the concept of interrupting. And if you've been following us through several episodes now, you might be saying to yourself, why in the world are they talking about interrupting right in the middle of an ongoing conversation about listening? And we do want to keep the ongoing conversation about listening ongoing. But our point would be we genuinely believe the only effective way to successfully interrupt in an interpersonal conversation is to do it through listening and using listening behaviors. And we'll try to speak to that throughout, but we certainly will address it near the end of this podcast. So, Ray, I want to throw to you a question. Why do we choose not to interrupt? Why do people just make the decision, I'm not going to interrupt?
1: Well, I think one of the most frequent reasons that would be given would be because they don't want to be perceived as rude or insensitive. Mm-hmm. They think it could be offensive. And, and often it is. When people do it in the wrong way, it's very offensive just to be interrupted in mid-sentence. So that idea of being rude or insensitive to me is probably foremost. It's the first one. But I think there are others as well. I think one of the reasons why people don't interrupt is because they don't want to create conflict. They don't want to create a possible negative reaction that they're going to have to deal with, even though they might believe it would be appropriate to interrupt, might be necessary to interrupt. They feel that it could turn into a conflict situation if they were to do it abruptly. In addition, I think that they uh, are, no, uh, in some cases, they're just no longer engaged. I mean, some people have listened for a long enough period of, that they've tuned out and they're not even there. They're not present. So it takes some sort of jarring thing to get them re-engaged enough to interrupt. But some people, rather than interrupt under the guise of wanting to be very appropriate, will act like they're listening, pretend to be listening, if you will. But in fact, they're disengaged. They're just not present. In a lot of the organizations I work with, I
0: see the phenomenon, the politeness rule that almost in every situation, people say, I'm going to be polite. I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to wait. I'm hoping that this person will take a long breath and maybe someone can jump in there. But the truth of the matter is oftentimes we just wait way too long. And as you said, sometimes what happens is we just tune out. We just get tired of listening to this person drone on. And so we just no longer pay attention. But I think there are lots of reasons why people don't interrupt. And I would have to say, if we err collectively, we err on the side of not interrupting. But then that raises a question for me. Are there wrong reasons to interrupt? Clearly, people do interrupt. And oftentimes is the interruption goes badly. We find the change in dynamics in the conversation are not positive. And so what you're thinking on reasons that people interrupt that may, they're just the wrong reasons.
1: Yeah, I, and I would think that wrong will be borne out by the impact of the interruption. Mm-hmm. And it'll be negative in, in terms of probably the conversation and even potentially the relationship. So reasons I think I would tell people, don't interrupt if you feel this. One is impatient. If you find yourself getting impatient and you're getting tired, you may need to interrupt, but you've got to get that impatience out of the equation. You've got to find a way to do it so that the impatience doesn't come through. If you're interrupting because you're just so annoyed, I think you'll have to find a different way to get into that interruption and to cover that annoyance because that really will have a negative effect. That if you're impatient emotionally, if that's you're struggling now because you're so annoyed, I think you also need to realize that if you respond, then you're at your weakest. Mm. You're at your least effective just by virtue of the annoyance. So that becomes an obstacle in itself. Great Uh, I I also think that another reason why people need not interrupt is as a power move. Mm. When they want to dominate, when they've decided, I want to keep this under my control, and so I'm going to continue to interrupt until it's clear that I've got control of this conversation. I think that would be an unfortunate reason to interrupt. And in fact, my experience has been,
0: particularly in organizational settings, people often interpret an interruption as a power move, even when it isn't. That is, we know when some people really choose to dominate, it's very clear. But others may be interrupting not with the necessary intent to dominate, but nonetheless, if I'm the speaker in that meeting, I'm the one saying something, I can feel very much overrun. I can feel very much that a power move was just made and it could offend me quite significantly, even
1: unintentionally. Yeah, I'm with you on that power move. I also think that some people get caught in the need to interrupt because they haven't timed well. They've engaged in conversation and they don't have time for it. They thought it was going to be very shortcoming conversation and starts to turn into a very long conversation. And now they've got an issue to address. So sometimes you need to do that in advance. You need to give people warning in advance that, uh, boy, I'd love to talk. Right now, I've only got 10 minutes. Can we do it in that time? And that's a great observation. I would be with you and say it's surprising how often that
0: actually occurs. And then we get caught in this vice of should I or shouldn't I interrupt knowing that we've got a meeting to get to and we haven't really set this conversation
1: up properly. Yeah. kind of a concluding thought on my part about the wrong reasons to interrupt because one of them is because you just had a thought that popped into your head and you don't want to lose it and so you feel at liberty to interrupt to make sure it's shared Mm -hmm. and uh, unfortunately i have a, a number of people who i enjoy personally who tend to operate that way they tend to have a thought in their head and because they think it's shareable and it is generally, they need to pop it out. Well, that kind of interruption I think does produce offense, can cause people to get put off by it. And I think is ineffective in terms of being a communicator. And of course I have, I
0: was going to say, I have to think that the older we get, the more often <laughs> that last reason is the one that shows up. I got to get this out before I forget it. Because if I forget it, it will be a long time before it recycles itself back in my brain. And so I, I just laugh about that because, our, as we've said, we're two old guys that should know better. But our conversations uh, involve people who are of this older generation that, boy, I got to get it out there now or it's gone.
1: Yeah, I think our trains of thought leave the stations unexpectedly. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I've identified some things that the reasons ought to, but uh, I think we also need to identify reasons we really should interrupt. Why don't you
0: give Mm -hmm. it a go at that? Well, we mentioned it in an earlier podcast. I forget which one. My memory serves me. It was episode two at the very end about a concept called the two-minute rule. And uh, I think when people have talked too long, in fact, it's more than I think. Research has suggested that in interpersonal conversations and in small groups, when people have talked more than two minutes, they've simply talked too long and i used to use that as a gauge to say to people who were trying to work on their communication skills you need to be thinking in two minute time frame and if you're talking much longer than that you need to put a period on it. Now, I think we can reverse that. And to say again, that if you're letting people talk longer than two minutes, you're not doing your job because you're actually creating a situation where the conversation is is going south. But it's the notion that the conversation is not going anywhere. I think another reason is that to interrupt is when people are consistently repeating themselves or they find themselves wandering. They're not making sense and My own experience has been if they're not making sense to me, they're probably not making sense to other people in the group or in in the room if it's a small group uh, conversation. And therefore, it could well be they're no longer making sense to themselves and they're trying to figure out how do I restate this in such a way that it does make sense. And that's a great time to interrupt. Lastly, I think clearly when uh, people are intentionally trying to dominate a conversation, we've all had that experience. We get a sense that whether this person knows it or not, they are really becoming very dominant and maintaining the conversation in their own interest. And that's another good time to interrupt. Now, the two minute rule, I want to go back and just clarify that because I mentioned it and I think I walked away from it. Really, the fundamental understanding of the two minute rule is if someone has talked for two minutes uninterrupted. So if someone is dominating the conversation, even unintentionally, we do need to interrupt for the good of the conversation. Another reason why we should interrupt is because it brings energy to the conversation. It's surprising how much conversation gets energized by people asking questions and not talking over one another, certainly, but being able to get the conversation focused and continued on in a stream of thought. And so it does create a situation where you actually energize a conversation by interrupting. But I'm going to suggest and that's going to be the point we're going to make clearly at the end. It's not so much should I or shouldn't I interrupt, but how I interrupt. That makes all the difference. And then lastly, I'd comment that uh, you maintain some level of control. When you interrupt, you help reshape and give focus to the conversation if it doesn't have it. And if it does have focus, you reaffirm that focus and direction as
1: the conversation goes forward. Bob, let me push back just a second. Uh, you've, been, you've lived with this two-minute rule for a long time. You introduced it to me and it felt relatively new, even though I think a lot of my natural habits were to interrupt in approximately two minutes. How did you develop this sensitivity to two minutes? Because you don't, you don't do it by watching a clock. You don't do it by looking at your watch and, that, and telling people that you're too busy. So what would you recommend to people about becoming more familiar or more practiced with the two-minute rule? What I would suggest is that we just set the two-minute timeline out there.
0: Just say, be thinking you won't have it measured, don't want you to look at your clock, don't want you to look at your watch and say, wow, how long have I gone? Have I gone? on 155. It's not that exacting. Now, the research just simply is based on the fact researchers were trying to identify when do people in groups seem to lose a sense of interest? And what timing is involved oh, okay. in that loss of a sense of interest in what's going on, okay? Sure. And then what we find out later is what they can hold on to in terms of actually remember pieces of the conversation. But what I would say and what I would coach on is to have that out there is just a sense of understanding, have I talked too long? Now, I'd even go so far as to say one of the interesting dynamics that you can employ is you can interrupt yourself. A good example of that is you're talking as a teacher. You're talking and you're trying to make a point and you say, What do the rest of you think? Or what's your perspective on this? or was I, was I unclear about this? And by even raising those questions, what you've essentially done is interrupted the flow of the conversation and you've interrupted yourself and you've given others, you've invited others to re-engage or to get back in. And so my statement to people would be, if, if you're really asking this question, how do I know and what do I do about it? If I think I'm talking too long, the thing I would say is if you feel like you're talking too long and you're getting that sense, yeah, I've gone well beyond two minutes, then you need to start thinking about what question can I ask or what can I put out to the group where they could then respond and we can re-engage and we
1: can take it further. Did that resonate? That's very helpful. I mean, you are getting very close to what most clinicians call a pathology when you talk about having a conversation with yourself. (laughs) But I think the idea of interrupting yourself is is a good one. I just think that That two minute rule is really a good one in terms of thinking of a a boundary, but it's not a hard and fast boundary. That's what you're saying, and that's good. Just get familiar with that sense of conversational length. Sure.
0: You know, and given the time that we have in terms of trying to always keep these to about 20 minutes, I did want to get in a study because I think it's going going to turn our conversation in the direction that we want to turn it. Some years ago at the University of Illinois, we did a study, and the nature of the study was it was a job interviewing setting in which we conducted the job interviews with students and the confederate in the study was actually the interviewer and we brought students in in one of two groups one group was where students were interrupted every 45 seconds with what we called a redirect that was to take the conversation away from the student say fine heard what you had to say now i want you to talk about this but a clear redirect Of the conversation. In the other group, the same thing happened. The student was interrupted every 45 seconds, but this time they were interrupted with listening behaviors. Either the interviewer asked a question, a clarifying question, made a paraphrase statement, or summarized what the interviewer had heard to that point. When the interviews were done, the students took a battery of questions, and the questions were designed to assess three dynamics in the interview. One, how they perceived the interviewer. Was the interviewer perceived as rude, insensitive, uncaring, et cetera? Two, how satisfactory they thought the interview was. And three, how productive they thought the interview was. Now, what the researchers were predicting, their hypothesis was that in the first condition in which the interviewer interrupted with just simple interruptions and redirects, that the student would perceive the interview as unproductive, unsatisfying, and that the interviewer would be perceived as rude and insensitive. What they predicted in the second group was what was essentially referred to as the null hypothesis, or that would have no effect. The students would not perceive the interruptions and therefore not really be predisposed one way or the other. The discovery was um, really quite amazing. What they found was that indeed in the first group, exactly what they expected turned out to be true. The interviewer was perceived as rude, insensitive, uncaring, and that the interview itself was very unsatisfactory and not productive at all for the student. However, what they found in the second group was that the interviewer was perceived as particularly sensitive, caring, and responsive, that the interview was perceived as unusually satisfactory and highly productive. So what that caused the researchers to say was, The question is no longer, should I or shouldn't I interrupt? That should never be the question again. The question should be, how should I interrupt? Because both those conditions were interrupted every 45 seconds. But in the second one, they were interrupted with listening behaviors. And in the first, they were interrupted with simply speaking or redirecting behaviors. That would be the point that I would want to make in this particular podcast. And we've even titled it, should I or shouldn't I interrupt? And then said, that is not the question. The answer to that question is, yes, you should interrupt. But now the issue becomes, how should I interrupt? Because if I should interrupt, then what are the behaviors that I can use to interrupt that will make it successful?
1: Lots well, on that. You, yeah, I, I mean, did that make sense? Uh, it made a lot of sense, and you've made me a believer. <laughs> I think, I think a true uh, believer? Got to be a true believer. Uh, I'm going to reserve true. But <laughs> it made me a clear believer that, yeah, there's a need for that. and there's a, We need to be aware of it. And we need to incorporate it in our view of our listening skills that we do, in fact, in conversation, choose to interrupt to influence the direction, quality, the connection with mm-hmm. the speaker. Okay. And being uh, now, now, oh, go ahead. No, well, I was going to say you wanted us to to kind of conclude with the uh, the the listening behaviors that are most effective when you're interrupting. Mm-hmm. And, and in when, fact,
0: in fact, I would suggest that there are only three that I'm aware of, that really guarantee to be perceived as listening behaviors. Because the real issue here is not when we interrupt. It's not why we interrupt, although we want good reasons to interrupt. It really is to give people the impetus to say, when I'm struggling with that question, should I interrupt in this moment in time or not? The answer is yes. But then how do I interrupt to not produce negative effects? And those three behaviors are asking clarifying questions, continuing the person's conversation by asking them a question that says, tell me more, paraphrasing, which is, as we've talked about, a little more refined listening behavior, in our opinion, which is to simply restate what the person has said and encourage them to go on. And the last one is to summarize. And what I would suggest is, surprisingly, we tend to, in meetings, in corporate settings, summarize at the end of an hour meeting or summarize at the end of an hour and a half meeting, when in fact, we should be summarizing about every five minutes in a conversation, just simply to help people keep track of the conversation. So one of the things that I could say is, so as a person's talking and they're talking on and on, I could say, let me just make sure I've got this right. If these are the three points that you're trying to make. A, B, and C. And what I've done is I've summarized. And if I've been accurate, they'll say, yeah, that's exactly it. Then we're able to move on. And so the summary gives us a chance to, if we're in a group again, track with what's being said and be able to maintain that level of conversation. So those would be the three. When you think of them, do you see them any other way? Or would you say, here's an additional
1: thing I would observe? Yeah, I think questions, paraphrasing, summarizing are the critical listening responses that would be most effective when interrupt? Okay, so maybe to loop back,
0: we said at the beginning, why introduce this particular session here and now? And it's because ultimately, we were trying to make the argument, hey, listening behaviors really create a positive impact on conversations in a number of ways. And one of them is to create an ability to interrupt without being perceived as being disruptive or interruptive, and actually being seen as maintaining the conversation and indeed energizing it. And so what we're saying is this is one of the real positive outcomes of listening effectively and speeding, in a way, speeding up the conversation, being able to encourage the conversation to move along at a pace that keeps energy in the relationship and in the room. The twins are done talking for today. Now it's your turn. We'd love to hear from you with feedback regarding today's theme or a situation you'd like us to step into during a future session. You can reach us at twintalk46 at gmail.com. Remember, no communication problem is so big, so complicated, or so intense that we can't make it larger, more complex, or more dangerous than it already is, almost effortlessly. And we'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the score that both began and ended this podcast.